Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. If you're a James Bond fan, then you'll like the unintended analogy that Pastor Jim uses today. Your mission, he says, should you choose to accept it, is to find a place to plug into ministry. James Bond, or 007, never turned down a mission, and no matter how difficult it was, he never failed either. This should be your attitude toward the needs of the church. You have been created for a unique purpose, and part of that purpose is to find your place in the church and do the work you were created to do. Well, let's join Pastor Jim in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2 as he continues his message. The church needs you. Just imagine he's goes like, oh, I'm gonna send you, Timothy, but you know, I'm really not like you, Paul, and you know, <laughs> You're you, and I'm me, and uh, <laughs> I don't know how it's going to work out. And he goes, well, you just get up there, and you tell them what I said, right? And tell them they don't want to visit from me. And so they know that Apostle Paul comes, and you know he's, he's going to bring it to them. And so if he's going to survive in Ephesus, and we are going to survive in our culture, we have to admit that we are not sufficient for these things, that we need the power of the living God. You know, I find over the years, sometimes we're amazed at how many people walk with the Lord for so long, and then they fall away. People are like, that guy walked with the Lord for 20 years. She walked with the Lord for 30 years. And all of a sudden, they give up. What's going on? But too many people think they're safe because they've been followers of Jesus a long time. And what do they do? They get sloppy. They get sloppy. Or they, too many people think that they're safe because they know the Bible. All right? Let's always remind ourselves, who knows the Bible better than all of us put together? The devil! <laughs> right? They get too cocky. Or some people think, well, I'm in the ministry. I don't hear a guy say, like, I'm good. I'm in the ministry. I'm like, are you kidding me? All that means is the target on your back is double the size. Because if you do something stupid, more people will go down with you. Many of you know this. You've been here a long time. If you're new, now you got to know. People say to me, Pastor Jim, how can I pray for you? I say, pray. Don't do anything stupid. And they go, no, really? I go, no, really? <laughs> right? Pray I don't do anything stupid. Because if I do, the fallout for the other people is too, for so, uh, so many other people is too great. Now, listen, you're here, all right? If I do something stupid, this is what you do. You just keep going on. You'd be like, well, let's pray for Jim. He did something stupid, but, you know, we got to keep moving. Right? Don't fall away because I did something stupid. But this is what happens to people. They sometimes do that. Other people think, well, I got some spiritual gift. Right? Big whoop. Every, every Christian has a spiritual gift. Right? People are like, well, you know, I can speak in tongues. Paul says, I speak in tongues more than all of you. Right? So he told the Corinthians, I'd say they were all, all hyped up, like, well, we speak in tongues. He's like, well, I speak in tongues more than all of you. Right? And I'm not so impressed with myself. 
Whatever your gift is, you know, it's a gift from God. You didn't earn it. He just gave it to you. So there's nothing to be cocky about for something like that. Such arrogance cannot, cannot, cannot stand a chance fighting against a roaring lion that is seeking to devour you. Arrogance does not win that battle. What wins it? Divine enabling, the grace of God, the spirit of God working in and through you. Only the grace of God and staying close to Jesus can help you. Not to mention in this day and age in which we live in, right? The church is vastly outnumbered and we are vastly under finance. You know what we need to do? We need to pray like King Jehoshaphat. Listen to this prayer. Second Chronicles 20, verse 12. O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. That's the way you win. That's the way you win. We come to verse 2. Now, verse 2 is a whole message. So, any of you have to go to work tomorrow? All right. So I reserve the right to come back to verse 2. All right. Can I reserve that right? All right. Verse 2. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses commit, some of your versions say entrust, to faithful men, some versions say faithful people. I think, it, I think it's, it can be both. Maybe he's talking about in terms of raising up leaders in the church in Ephesus who will be able, some of you have heard say qualified, to teach others also. This, my friends, is how Christianity works from a human standpoint. This is how Christianity has been passed on from generation to generation to generation for the last 2,000 years. Again, yet another reason why the church needs you. The church needs all of us to be involved somehow in this process. The Apostle Paul says this to Timothy, your mission is to train others as I have trained you. And remember, a lot of guys traveled with them. At the, if, you, if you know the book of Acts, I already taught it once. I'm dying to go back to it. But the Apostle Paul, when Timothy first started going with him, he was, he was a young guy, probably around 20s, probably in his mid-30s about now. And there was a whole group of band of brothers that were going along. So I could just imagine that with Timothy, they were teaching him stuff all along. So Timothy's pastoring in Ephesus. What do you think he was doing when they first started out? Set up the chairs. Go get the water. You know, clean the room up there where the people are meeting. You know, we're meeting in a house. Help the woman there or the, the husband there. Help them clean up their house. Help clean up the dishes. We'll do whatever you got to. The faithful, basic work of the ministry. And so then along the way, learn from other guys. You can just imagine some guy walking up to him and going, hey, did Paul tell you to, to sit there, like do nothing, 
No, he told me to do this. What do you do? I'm taking a break. What do you mean you're taking a break? <laughs> right? You want him to walk in and see you? This is not what we do, right? We're about the mission of the gospel. So what is he telling Timothy? In other words, everything that you've learned along the way as you've traveled with me and the, all these other guys, open your mouth, pass the message along. Two things, don't be silent and don't change the message. And if you're going to change the message, then shut your mouth, <laughs> right? Those are the two things he wants them to remember. Now, this is perfectly in line with the closing of the Gospel of Matthew. What did Jesus tell the people at the end? Be disciples who make disciples. That's basically what he told the people. Then he went up into heaven. All those people, they're like, there he goes. What do you think he wants us to do? A few other people going, he just told us. Be disciples who make disciples. Yet notice what he says to Timothy. Commit or entrust these two faithful men. He says, just don't give this kind of responsibility to anybody. Give it to reliable men of the word. Now, I think you could make a case for women too, but in this case, he's saying men, reliable men of the word. So what would, it, what would the apostle Paul say to us today? Today. He would say, go around the church, look for reliable men of the word. What would be the warnings? Not conspiracy theory chasers, okay? Not those guys. They're just going to confuse people, and that's going to be what people are going to get absorbed in. I want them absorbed in the word of God, not conspiracy theories, okay? Timothy, no YouTube theologians, okay? This is not the way it's done. A lot of the theology on YouTube is awful, absolutely awful, right? Every whack job in the world has a YouTube channel, right? So that is not what, get there, get, you want guys whose face is in the book. People whose face is in the book. Timothy, no cowboy Christians. No guys that are just living their own independent thing and I don't need the church. You know, I just, I'm one of these guys, I do my own thing, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm just freewheeling it, you know, stuff like that. No, faithful men, faithful men. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. One of the blessings of our church that I hear quite often is from women, I can't believe how many men attend this church. And I always go, well, can I be honest with you, ma'am? <laughs> I am preaching to the men. You know why? Because you women are just so much more agreeable to what God says. <laughs> you got to jack it up to the dudes because, well, we're bad. We're bad. I'm, the, I'm one of them, so I can't say anything, man. My wife's always like, how many times do I got to tell you the same thing? I'm like, obviously one more. <laughs> and, but yet, you hear all over the place, everywhere you go. I hear it here a lot. Where are the men? Now, there's a difference between having men in the seats and having faithful men. Do you understand that? It's very different, two very different things. And we want to be men of the word, 
men of the word, faithful men. The church is desperately in need of faithful people who can handle the word of God and use their gifts. If that's not your gift, whatever, it's okay. Sometimes just to having somebody come along with you and just serving, right? You never know what fruit is going to come out of that. People using their gifts for the cause of Christ. One thing that I know a lot of pastors, it's the same as true for me, too often pastors are involved in problems and doing things for people that they can easily do for themselves. That takes away from what? From what the Apostle Paul's command is here. From the pattern. So it goes like this. Jesus taught the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul taught Timothy. Timothy, you teach some reliable men who will be able to teach others also. Do you see how it keeps going down and going down and going down and going down and going down? It's got 2,000 years, been going through, through the age, and everybody just thinks like, well, I just go and listen to the sermon and that's it. That's not biblical Christianity. That's not biblical Christianity. I know that's the way we've fallen into this thing in America. That's why I promote here the community groups more than the Wednesday night study. I'm thankful that you guys come. If you were not here, I would still be doing this. You'd be like, you're really that crazy? No, I need the material for radio shows. <laughs> but I, I don't, I learned, COVID taught me, I could teach, to, I don't need an audience, just preach at them, hey guys, how you doing? <laughs> but that's biblical Christianity is passing it on to others, right? And so we pass it on down the line. Now, he's not talking to Timothy about apostolic succession, Timothy was not an apostle. He's talking about passing the word of God on through the ages. Now, some people claim that this passage teaches the infallibility of certain teachers. That theology is just too far off for me to comment on. <laughs> Like some people think like, well, you get these anointed people and they're just passing it from one anointed person to another and then, then they make no mistakes. Okay. That's all I'll say. Okay. And I think I've said enough. That's kooky. Listen, today's church is so weak in this area because there is very little mentoring and discipleship in the American church. And there's a lot of reasons for it. Most people would, a lot of people would say busyness, but it goes beyond busyness, right? Too few well-taught people of God, and that's a problem right there. There's not enough well-taught people of God, are willing to pour their lives into teachable new believers or teachable believers. And maybe the lack of teachable people is even a bigger problem. But I know you. this is what you got. You got the old guys going, eh, these young guys aren't teachable. And you got the young people going, well, none of the old guys ever make themselves available to us. Oh, boy. You know, it's like two kids fighting in the sandbox, man. This is like, come on, right? So not only are many people less teachable, but they expect too much from the mentor. I mean, I was blessed to have a lot of mentors when I first became a, a Christian, and when I first became a pastor. I drove to them. I brought the agenda. I paid for a lunch. Right? Everything was on me. I just quizzed them 
in how to live the Christian life. And we would read the Bible together sometimes, and sometimes we wouldn't. Sometimes we'd just be talking through things. But here's one of the things. Like, I never wanted to be a burden to them. And I lived in New Jersey, and some of them lived in New York City. And a big issue is you can teach people, but if the fire of the Holy Spirit is not burning in them, and the hunger for God's word is not burning in them, they will never pass it on. They will just be consumers. They will just be consumers. On the plus side, this is true apostolic tradition. And next week, the Apostle Paul is going to paint this really great picture of what this looks like. It will be very visual with what he calls here the things that you have heard from me what he called in chapter one, the, the, the deposit that we are to guard. The message does not change. And that's something that we have to remember. The message does not change. While the ways of helping people understand it, maybe they do. I find a great way to help people understand it is to try and bring it into their world and to help them to think through these things. The problem really happens in today's world is when the communication method eclipses or compromises the message, and it can't do that at all. It will take most of us a while to learn, but I believe this with all of my heart, that faithfulness trumps, there's that word again, faithfulness trumps the ability to teach. Faithfulness is so very important. So much of the Christian life is more caught than taught. Be observant. Watch those people who you see doing ministry and doing ministry well, serving the Lord and serving the Lord well. And and you will learn a lot from just watching them. I was taught largely by the faith by men when I first was a Christian who were not pulpit guys. They were not pulpit. They weren't pastors. They weren't pulpit guys, but they were men of the word. They were dedicated to the word of God. And often most of what they taught me was over a meal in a diner, in a restaurant, sometimes over their house. I could remember there was three of them and I don't know whether they met to talk about me But often I would hear from all of them, and it would go like this. And I didn't know what to make of it, to be honest with you, at the beginning. They would say, Jim, you have an unusual gift to understand the Word of God for someone who's so new at this thing. And not only just that you understand it, but you understand it properly. And then even when we're with you, because they all knew each other, and you talk you have an unusual ability to make things very clear in speaking what the Bible says and what the Bible means. And I didn't, I didn't really get that. You know, when Pam and I were engaged, people would be like to her, you know, you're marrying a pastor. And I would be like, she'd be like, you know, everybody keeps saying that to me. And I go, I just, I'm an entrepreneur. I want to own a business. I don't want to be a pastor. I, I mean, I watch what these guys do. I don't want to do that. Right. And yet, They all would say this thing to me. You know what? To understand the Bible, gift. To be able to explain it to people, gift. From God. 
from God. But Jim, don't ever forget the most important thing is to be faithful. And that that is like stuck to me, like, you know, throwing pasta against the wall and it sticks. I have no idea what that means. But anyway, <laughs> like that has just stuck with me so much that, that being faithful is the most important thing. Being faithful in life and in work and in family and in church and in all things, that to be faithful is something you can, you can get out of bed every morning and not totally despise the person you're looking at in the mirror. And just, you know, them telling me, it doesn't matter how, what gifts you have, but be faithful. And like most pastors, I have had to learn the hard way that you really find people's competency in their faithfulness. Because all the competency in the world is worth nothing if people are not faithful. And give me a faithful person that you can work with over the most gifted person in the world who you can't work with at all any day of the week. Because you can teach certain things to people but there's other things you just can't teach. You just can't teach. You can model it, but you can't, they might not get it. And Timothy now has waited probably about 15 years for this new commission that he's getting from the Apostle Paul. And yes, he was was pastoring in Ephesus, but he needed time to learn a lot of different things before he moves into the next phase of his life. And maybe you're at that place right now. You need to learn a few things before you move into the next phase of your life. The Apostle Paul waited about 15 years before he went into the ministry. Yet so many people want such responsibility too soon before they're ready for it. Jesus waited 30 years 30 years before he heard what? This is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Now, maybe you heard it before. I don't know. But that's the only time we're told in the Bible that he heard it when he was baptized. 30 years of faithfulness for three plus years of faithful teaching, proclaiming the gospel, miracles. And what did he get for it? A cross. That's what he got for it. A cross. It says this about Jesus John chapter 1, verse 10 through 12. He, Jesus, was in the world, and the world was made through him. And the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. They were like, eh, whatever. Verse 12, but as many as received him, to them, and the idea is to them and to them only, he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name to those who put their trust in him, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So Jesus got more than a cross by being faithful. He received a crown of glory in heaven and praise for all those who became children of God. It's almost like Paul wants to say to Timothy, that's the message that you want to tell people. 
that God came and dwelt among us. And a lot of people didn't get him, didn't understand him, just rejected him, didn't want any real part of him. Yet, there were faithful men and women, men and women of the word who went out and told people to put their trust in Jesus. And they believed the good news of Jesus Christ and him crucified on the cross in their place for their sins. And that Jesus rose from the dead and he will do the same for anyone who will put their trust in him. The only way to become a child of God, he tells, John tells us, is in the way to the Father's house is you have to receive him. Just receive what he has done for you. Put your faith and trust in Jesus. If you're in another place in the building, you're watching online, listening on the radio, and you've never done that, it's that simple. To put your faith and trust in the sinless one who took the punishment for all your sins on the cross. Take what you've just heard from Pastor Jim Kevney on Changed by Love and share it with a friend or neighbor. Encouraging words are priceless in today's world. Pastor Jim relies on your prayer and support each day to reach thousands of people just like you. You can also find other ways to team with Changed by Love on our website at changedbyloveradio.org or you can call 862-217-9686. We are called by His name to change the world and we are stronger together than we could ever be apart. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Thank you for your support and the time you spend with Changed by Love.